About five years ago, when I began my journey towards becoming a product manager, I didn't exactly have a clear idea about what I was doing or how to go about it even. What I did have was some experience building an awesome but rough around the edges product from the ground up and having co-founded a small startup around it that would inevitably fail. What I learned during that period was that I wanted to take that experience and translate it into a full-time product manager role. But what I didn't know was how to go about that exactly. What did employers look for in a product manager? How could I formulate a product story around my professional experience to convince someone to give me a chance to work in the tech industry as a product manager? On today's episode of What Can I Tell You? A conversational guide to product management. We're going to be talking with Heidi Ram, a 20-year recruitment veteran who specializes in hiring product managers. Heidi will be providing valuable insight into some of the most critical questions that I myself wish I had answers to so many years ago when I first began my journey. And as a bonus, I'll also share some insight into how I formulated my own story and share what I myself look for in prospective PMs and POs now when I'm the one who's conducting the interviews. Without further ado, let's get right into it. So welcome, uh, Heidi, uh, to the show. Great to have you. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's, it's my pleasure. Um, I'm really excited today because I've been wanting to talk to a recruiter for a long time now. And I'm especially happy to have you on the show, given your breadth of experience and given the fact that you are a specialist in recruiting for product managers, which is super awesome. So I think there's a lot for us to be able to learn from you today. Let's talk a little bit about... Um, where you work first and the kind of role that you embody. So you work for a company called Martin Bassett Associates. Um, And I'm curious to know, so in your role as a recruiter, are you primarily somebody who kind of works for a something similar to a placement agency, which is to say, you know, you, somebody like me would come to you and say, Hey, I, I would like to find a job working as a product manager. Um, and then you would kind of like get to know me a little bit, put me on a roster and then trying to find work for me. Or are you primarily working for your clients, which are like businesses, companies, et cetera, who are looking to place people and you go out and you're like, Hmm, that person would be good. That person would be, and you would reach out to them or, or how does that work exactly? So that, first of all, that's a really great first question. And the answer to the question is yes and yes. Ah. Um, so, so let me tease that out a bit. So, so ultimately, the way that our business works is that a technology company will actually engage our services. Okay. Do some kind of a very targeted, specific search. Often it's, it's for one of two scenarios. There's either an opportunity which they need someone with a very specific set of experiences to to pursue and to realize, to bring that opportunity that they've identified, to bring it to life. Or there's some kind of a problem. Maybe the product isn't working. Mm. Maybe um, maybe there's been a, a competitor who has has now surfaced in the industry and and the company who's engaging us wants to um, redefine their product experience because of this new competitive situation. So whatever the circumstances, a tech company will engage us for a very targeted, very specific search, which then becomes 
my my soul existence. <laughs> so 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 I get engaged to sort of take that. Um, I what I t- what I tell the client is you are outsourcing your problem to me so that you can sleep at night, mm. and I will now begin to lose the sleep on your behalf. <laughs> um, so so my life becomes working very intentionally supported by a team um, to to recruit the profile of person who that company wants me to find for them. Got it. However, because we have a product practice and we've been at this for many years, the opposite scenario also happens, which you, you talked about. People will, candidates will reach out to introduce themselves to me. And it might be because they are actively in a job search. They are ready. They want to make a move. It could be for different reasons, um, but they they want some perspective or any kind of assistance that, that I might be able to provide to helping them find that next adventure. Mm. And, and although that service, of course, to a candidate is not a paid service, you know, I, I'm engaging with the market. Um, you know, sometimes the magic that happens from from those people reaching out to me just to say, hey, could you help me out? Mm. Results in some really exciting conversations and and, you know, opportunities that they may not have ever heard of in the marketplace that we're representing for which they are fit. Got it. OK, so it doesn't always happen, but but many times it does. So that's why um, just in doing what I do, because we have a product practice I try to make time to chat with, you know, people obviously on both sides of that search process mm-hmm. because you just never know. You just never know where the magic's going to come together. Right. So there's like potential for serendipity, but also there's intentionality behind your searches as well. So totally. sometimes yeah. it works out and sometimes you have to put a little bit of extra uh, elbow grease to finding the right person. Definitely. And, you know, the, the other interesting thing about the fact that we are practice centric is that we're having conversations with with CEOs, with leaders, with product leaders across a large cross-section of companies. Sometimes organizations might not be ready for our service. They don't have headcount yet, or they, they, they need to allow time for their internal recruiters to try before, they'll outs- before they deem it to be a real crisis mm. and outsource it to a partner. But sometimes what happens, because I have little bits of knowledge of what many different companies are doing, if I meet someone, a candidate, who is a very compelling candidate because of their experiences, and I know, like, I think, oh, my goodness, I think you could help solve a problem that XYZ company has, um, I, I'll initiate or one of someone on my team will initiate a conversation with that business leader to say, okay, how's it going over there trying to find that person on your own? Because we just met someone who we think could be that path to a solution mm. that you shared you're really struggling with. And, and so sometimes we're about, you know, getting conversations happening when that wasn't maybe an obvious um an obvious connection before. Right. So you you open doors in some ways given your like network and experience. So that's that's pretty cool. Let's say that you you know when you're you have a good opportunity uh, and you either reach out to somebody or or somebody reaches out to you like a potential candidate. What are some of the initial things that you look for in that person given given a role? 
you know, people ask me that all the time and, and, and nothing ever changes in my answer. And that is, I want to understand your product story Mm. because setting aside all of the other things that, that encompass a human being, a candidate, a person, when you're a product manager, your journey with that product that you own or the piece of the puzzle that you are responsible for, that is the valuable piece that many times someone will hire you specifically for that experience. Mm. So I always, I always want to just begin by understanding. So what do you do? You know, I I don't want to, you know, forget the title because titles are all over the place in product. True. Describe to me what you do and the role that you play in that product team and with that product. And, and then what is the product that you're responsible for? And who is the user persona? What's the use case of that product? Because many times that's the piece that an employer may really want someone to have experience with. For example, um, you know, we would like we would like to hire someone who has experience working on a product that is sold to the marketing side of a large enterprise. We'd like to engage someone who's worked on a back end technology product mm. and, and, you know, understands, um, you know, the plumbing or whatever it is, you know, that their product, you know, uh, does. So understanding what is the product you're responsible for? Who's the user? Like, what's the use case? How does it add value to a business or solve a problem? And, and what is your story of that product? What have you done with it? Where was it when you took it over? And where is it today? One year, two year, three years, five years after you've joined? That's really what I want to drill into. Hmm. Very interesting. And kind of segues nicely into the next question I have actually. Um, so on your on your uh, LinkedIn profile, uh, I watched a video that you posted. I think it was a few months back, and it was about um, you were giving advice to to product managers and people seeking jobs. And basically, what you said was based off of your experience and the companies that you've been talking to, the word on the street is that uh, the generalist PM is out and the specialist is in. And what you've been talking about just now, the kind of response, the response that you gave me has got me thinking a little bit about like, okay, so if I'm, if I'm a product manager looking to change jobs, looking for, you know, maybe a more senior role, or even if I'm somebody who's not a product manager, but who has product adjacent experience, um, I guess when, when trying to tell that product story, uh, being specific is probably best, right? Given that that uh, feedback that you gave us. So like this idea that, because um, it's funny because in my industry, I, I work on the consultancy side and any every six months or so, I could be working in MarTech. I could be working, I could build, be building a CMS for some company. I could be doing an e-commerce build. My specialties lie in where I am at the moment and what I have to kind of learn. And so that makes me a generalist. And so I, I, I hear that information. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. Like, how do I then craft my story for myself, right? But I could totally see how some individuals uh, who do have more specific, who are like embedded in a company as a product manager in charge of analytics, that story is pretty easy to tell. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I guess I guess the the question that I'm kind of driving towards here is there, um, given the job descriptions that your clients give you for the type of product managers they're looking for, do you do you see a, a dichotomy in the types of skills, uh, either technical or non-technical, that they that they require as a baseline? So like. Somebody, uh, we're looking for a product manager who absolutely needs to be able to, you know, understand e-commerce and has worked on e-commerce before. Is that like a far better, do I have a far better chance of getting a job in that case than if I'm a well-experienced, well-rounded product manager? Oh, this is a big subject. This yeah. is, this is a big, big subject. So I'm going to try to break this down because I heard a few different questions in there. Okay. Um, so first of all, let's talk about the, the generalist, all right, versus uh, what, what, what was the video about again that I did? <laughs> it was about um, not being a generalist, but being a, um, a specialist, that's right? That's right. And, and basically, you were saying that... Uh, Death to the generalist. That's right. That's right. That's right. That, that's what I said. So yes. Yeah, so... so Echoing on what I what I had mentioned when we first began talking, so one of one of so there's often two reasons, especially so we're in a post-COVID climate, right? Mm -hmm. And and following COVID, when headcounts began to open up again, and employers began to get caught up with their hiring and began to make investments in really ensuring that they not just survive, but that they thrive, mm -hmm. we noticed a huge trend. And that trend was that because organizations were not really, they didn't have the budget to scale. Hey, we're hiring four, five, six. We're, we're building a whole team of lots of product managers, but instead we're taking a, we need someone with this particular skill set. Um, we saw a definite shift from, from the generalist to a very specific and targeted set of experiences because employers, we noticed, were, were justifying the headcount spend mm. to solve a specific problem or to realize an opportunity that had been created because of COVID, all right? Uh, we saw a lot of this, for example, in the uh, any software companies who were selling enterprise applications to telecommunications companies. Suddenly, telcos, you know, bandwidth was getting sucked up. We've got homes with two, work, you know, multiple adults doing work from home, plus kids doing school, plus Netflixing, right? Right. So the stress is on the bandwidth and just opportunities for the telecommunications industry was such that they wanted very specific experiences. So, um, so getting back to that, that situation, a big part of being a candidate in a market is learning how to curate your message and your product story so that in a limited amount of time that you have with either a recruiter third party or internal to the company you want to work for, or when you're communicating with your future boss or the person you hope will hire you will be your future boss. It's really important to curate your message because you have limited time. No one has time to hear about 
everything that you've done in your career Mm. and how you could actually solve any problem they put in front of you because you're a jack of all, master of nothing. You're a generalist, okay? Because when we put those types of words out there, when we utter the word, I'm a generalist, as a candidate, you might be trying to express I could actually do a number of things because I've added value to a number of different products and experiences. But unfortunately, the hiring person or the person on the other side of that call or Zoom may not understand that. They only hear one word, which is generalist, master of nothing. Hmm. Master of nothing. But they're trying to find a master of something specific. So, so learning how to take certain words out of the vocabulary that you're using to be able to instead answer a question like this. I actually have experience managing products for multiple industries. I have experience having launched B2B enterprise applications used by enterprises like banks and telecommunications companies as well as product experiences used by consumers who are using an app, you know, a, a, a mobile app, iOS, Android, and where that product is really all about that front-end consumer experience. That's a much more, and this is just one example, of course, I'm not a product manager, but to be able to talk about your product experiences, adding some meat to that bone versus just giving a broad breaststroke. Hey, I'm a generalist. Hey, I can do anything. Hmm. It just puts more context around you and your skills and, and how thoughtful you are about trying to communicate that to someone who might want to hire you. Hmm. I see. Okay. Yeah. I think that makes a ton of sense. Um, If I can, if I can try and summarize that, like essentially the way that I understand it is it comes back to telling your story correctly, like you said initially, yes. right? It's it's not so much like, yeah, sure, you can do anything and you can solve anything. A lot of product managers think that, you know, like we, we, we're a special bunch. Um, <laughs> and yet that's not what recruiters hear. They, they don't, they want to hear something very specific. They want to hear that you've spent time in the trenches, that you understand something very, very deeply and that you can bring value immediately to the needs that they have. Um, is that is that correct? I would say so. And and it's not just recruiters. It's, you know, think about an employer, you know, think about a hiring chief product officer or a mm. CEO, for their first product person. You know, there's a lot of Toronto is such a startup tribe. We have so many incredibly talented, well-educated, well-funded founders who are that, you know, they, they are the product visionary. Yeah, for sure. And they, they are their company's first product person. Mm-hmm. One day when they get funding or enough customers, suddenly someone is suggesting, hey, you actually need to hire a product person because we want you to run the business. So so that founding leader really will often need to feel good and confident that you have done something somewhat similar to what their business is or what they are trying to do. And that's that's part of why learning to remove certain words from the vocabulary and how you describe your experiences like generalist or some of these broad brushstroke terms and really being able to to attach some specific insight to what you've done. Sometimes 
that comes with asking questions, um, which is a whole other piece to this puzzle, because as I've chatted with product managers on really on both sides of the border, if we think about North America and, and Europe, but really those U.S. based top talent product managers who work for some of the best companies that you and I know of. These are household name companies, even if you're not in tech. Hmm. One of the qualities that stands out in those candidates is how incredibly thoughtful their questions are to me as a recruiter to qualify an opportunity so that what they tell me is specific to the search which I'm representing. Hmm. Okay, because they're so just like I'm asking questions to try to qualify and determine, are you aligned to the requirements I've actually been hired to recruit for? And then they're further asking so that they are choosing to tell me something relevant to what I need to know. That is that next level conversation than someone who just opens their mouth and starts telling someone every possible thing that they've done, hoping that something hits. Right. Something right? that something will stick, hopefully. And then, something oh yeah, okay, yeah. you've had this experience. So they're 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 yeah, it's like spray and pray as opposed to listen and 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 like be accurate. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. So so that's so product managers who are candidates, you know, you you can enter into conversations with the confidence of knowing it's okay to ask questions and to qualify so that you can choose those experiences that you have to pull those out and put those on the table as the ones you're going to talk about. And, and that sort of, you know, might, might better align you to a search, which you're super excited about and hope that you could be a candidate for. be a product manager. This is how the interview with me would go. Everybody starts with the whole tell me about yourself question, which is good and necessary, but let's skip that and get to the meat of my interview scenario. I don't really care to ask you if you've had specific experiences working in a digital agency or even as a product manager in tech. I want to know why you want to be a product manager. I want to know why you want this role and how you would execute in that role within the context of a digital agency that works with a wide variety of clients. The way that I try to get to, the, to that information is through a uh, number of different scenario situations that I present to the interviewee. Here's an example of one that I've used in the past. We've recently been approached by a client who wants us to help them solve a pretty big problem. Their problem is that COVID-19 has had a major impact on their dine-in restaurants business. You see, they are a quick service restaurant business based out of the US. They have approximately 250 locations and COVID has forced them to close down their in-restaurant dining, which has severely impacted their revenue because one of their main channels has been closed due to the pandemic. As such, they've come to us with a fairly vague set of requirements defining the implementation of curbside pickup. Now, curbside pickup, generally speaking, is the idea of being able to order something on your app, select curbside as your pickup method, and then check out, 
drive up to a location and have somebody walk out the food to you. That's pretty vague in terms of the overall ask, but that's what the ask is. Now, what they want us to do is to help them, our client, conceptualize, design, develop, test, and launch this curbside feature functionality within a very short time frame. This is mission critical for them because they need to open new channels to start generating digital sales and retain their customer base throughout a very difficult period in their business's lifespan. As the product manager assigned to the client, your job is to get to the bottom of the ask, define the requirements, validate the technical details around specific functionality, and ultimately lead a team made up of a UX UI designer, a few developers, front-end and back-end, a systems architect, a QA tester, and a project manager from start to launch. Now, how do you go about this? You're probably thinking, oh man, Nick, that question is ridiculous. How could somebody possibly know how to go about doing such a thing? There's not nearly enough context, not enough information to be able to even begin formulating a process around how to proceed. And I'm, you know, the candidate might not even have had previous work experience, either as a product manager or within an agency setting. And you would be right. It is unfair. It is a huge ask to put on an interviewee in a short amount of time. But here's the catch. At the outset, I make it very clear, and I repeat multiple times, that the interviewee can ask me any question they want throughout their answering period. I will represent the client, the project manager, the designers, the devs, etc., and I will give them any information they need. Now, here's where it gets interesting. The wrong people for the job will not hear my offer as being a key part of the interview question. They will hear it as a challenge to see if they can go about answering my scenario without any help. But the, the real secret here to succeeding in this scenario is teamwork. It's communication. It's relying on your peers to ask and answer difficult questions that help you gain clarity on the exact steps you need to take to get to the bottom of what our client needs and also what we can provide them as a consultancy. The right people for the job are endlessly curious. They will want to know why the client thinks that a curbside solution is the right one, which you know I provide insight into happily. They ask what the role of the UX designer is, and I give them the answer as well, which is to help you create the user journeys that the customer will experience. They ask what the restaurants actually physically look like. Do they have parking lots? Do all of them have parking lots? Do they have interfaces or equipment that the staff can leverage to be notified when a customer is waiting outside to pick up their food? Then these are all questions that are essential questions that you would ask the client, questions that you would pose to the architect when you design your current state. You see, when, you're, when you begin to ask questions around the current state of the business, the current state of the technology, the staff structure, the org structure of the company, the client that you're working with, how the kitchen works, you begin to formulate a vision for what the solution could realistically be because you know where you are today, you know what you're dealing with, and you, need to, and you know where you need to get to and where the gaps might be. And once you identify the gaps, you can start to identify individual solutions to solve those problems. That will eventually, when all brought together, provide the customers with a curbside experience 
and provide the client with a lightweight MVP that they can bring to market quickly. As a product manager, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. We don't need people to come in and take wild guesses at what features to launch for this curbside product. But we do need to understand what that MVP will look like, how quickly we can get it to market realistically, and limit our scope to the things that bring value to the customer and allow the business, our client, to capture value in the form of additional revenue. You see, that's the role of the product manager. Your role isn't to come up with amazing, wonderful, never heard before products. Your job is to understand what people need, what they value, what your customers value, what our clients' customers value, and to narrow down features and functionality that allow your business to stand out from the competition by providing the best version of that product that customers are seeking. And the way that, for me as an interviewer, get to know this about you to see if you're a good fit for that type of role is to hear you ask me as many questions as you need to feel comfortable suggesting an approach to the scenario I've presented and not just jump to conclusions about solutions on your own. Bonus, if you can provide me with a scenario that or a process that would work based off of experiences that you've had, use real world experiences where you've worked with developers and designers to solve problems like that, where you've had to communicate and get information from others and bring people together to solve a problem. That is a really great sign for me. So your job, at least within the context of a team like mine, is to be a team player and a leader. And if you can work with me in the interview by asking me questions and getting to the bottom of something, then I'm confident I could work with you and that the rest of the team could work with you in the actual role itself. All right, let's get back to the show. I'd be curious to know a little bit about a little bit more about your own process, about how you go about uh, evaluating candidates and and for for clients. So, like, um, let's say I'm you know, uh, actually let, let let's look at it from the perspective of, of somebody who's not currently a product manager. So, let's say I have you know, product marketing experience, and I want to become a product manager. Mm. If I come to you and I say, Heidi, can you help me out? I would like to become a product manager. What would you say? Like, honestly, what would you say? <laughs> what would I honestly say? Yeah. And like, what would your process be to me to say, okay, like, are, am, I, am I in a bad situation for the type of roles that you're right. looking to hire for? Or okay. is, there, is there like, is there a path for somebody like me? I get a lot of people reaching out to me who want to get into product. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. And my, so there, there are folks who are usually referred to me. Okay. And, and so my counsel to them, like I will be straight up and real and I'll say, so I'm probably not going to be the person to be able to help you get into product. Mm -hmm. Like I, I'm, I'm not that person because when a company engages our firm to hire a product manager, they're, they're, they justify our service because we're going to present people who meet their requirements. Right. right? It's, as, it's as simple that, as that, isn't it? It's as simple as that. Yeah. And, and it's usually someone who's already done the job. Yeah. Because many times that company has already tried to hire 
the person and they weren't successful doing that Mm. or they don't have time to do it. So, so because the people applying to their website are all the people who want to get into product, but they need to hire someone who has already been in product and maybe for a very similar business as theirs. And that's, that's very, very typical. Now, if your example is they're a product marketer, I'd say, first of all, let's talk about why you want to get out of product marketing. Why? Because that's an equally cool opportunity for which there's tremendous opportunity. So let's just talk about that Hmm. first, because maybe, maybe the reason why you think you need to leave product marketing is not truly reflective of what that function is, because maybe that's an immature function in the company you work for. Mm. And so maybe working for a different type of organization or for a different type of product will, will light you on fire for that function because product marketing is a super cool function anyways. But let's say they're not a product marketer. Let's say they're in customer success. Mm -hmm. Let's say they're they're a software developer. Let's say they're anything else. And they say, I really want to get into product. Here's my feedback and my coaching to these to, to that community. Mm-hmm. First of all, step one, you need to let your boss know that this is your dream. Because the greatest likelihood of moving into a different position is for a company who has already benefited from your contribution for whom you are a low risk hire. You're a low risk hire to your current employer because you already know the product, the business, probably the type of customer or the persona who's using it. And you're a known entity. People hopefully will respect you in the company and like you and, and could could sort of vouch for you that, yeah, that, that they would be a great candidate to move into that next position. Okay. So make sure your boss knows that this is your desire. And, and, and then here's the other part, ask them, what are the areas they have identified in you that need development to be considered for a product role when one becomes available? Mm -hmm. And then listen to the answer, no matter how hard it is to hear it. Mm -hmm. And then do it. Because it's one thing to tell an employer, I want this. I want that. I want to get promoted. I don't get promoted. I'm leaving to go to anybody who's going to hire me to be a product manager. Okay. But we want to use these opportunities to grow. Because... It, it will be harder for you as a candidate to not only change employers and change your job function than if you just change your job function within an employer who you already know, right? You have higher likelihood of success. So you want, if, if, you're, if your boss says to, to you, listen, um, I'd be happy to promote, you know, I'd be happy to recommend you for a product role when, when we have that, but the one area that you would need to develop before I would ever do that are your communication skills. Because today you're a software developer and you're not really talking to that many people, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. But the minute you move into a product organization, you're going to be talking with customers 
you're going to be talking with larger teams of cross-functional people like designers and business people and salespeople. And right now your comm skills suck, Mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's start to work on that. And, and because once, once you've developed that, I would be happy to, to recommend you to the product team to move into that group. You know, that, that would be such a gift. I mean, if, if you had an honest, transparent leader who really spoke truth into your life and told you what you needed to hear and not what you wanted to hear, that's a gift. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it's, it's funny that you say that, you know, and I, I like that this conversation is completely unscripted because exactly the what you said there for like the internal move from your current role to a product manager role is the most likely way to get into a product role if you are not currently in a product role. Mm-hmm. Uh, because many of my other guests on the show have said the exact same thing. And it's and this is what I tell my mentees as well. I have I have two mentees right now. And, right. and one of them uh, is working for a big company um, and he, he works in the ops department and he really wants to become a product manager. So I met him through the Toronto Product Management Association. I was assigned to him uh, as a mentor. And our goal together is to get him hired into a product role. And, and we've been talking for six months now and, and he's slowly but very, very deliberately inching his way into that position within his company. Uh, he's changed managers recently, and the new manager is a product manager, uh, director in product, who he reports to as an ops person, which is interesting. But they're com- the, com- the talk, the, the communication is there. He's like, I want to get there. I want to get there. And he re- reminds him all the time. And, and his boss is saying, okay, I, I hear you. Here are the things, like you said, here are the things that you need to do to get there. Let's work on that together. And yeah. and now his path is clearer than ever, right? And it's and it's and it's great. And um, but it's also really interesting to hear from you that you know, in your role, like people need to understand your job isn't to help them become product managers. Your job mm-hmm. is to help product managers find good roles within companies that are looking for their skills, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, basically, my role is to help a leader build a company. There you go. There With you go. very skills right? right so whatever they want out there my my job is to help them build the business they they've been hired to build right but in in doing that i'm helping candidates i'm helping the people in the market access opportunities which they may have never heard of or would ever have been considered for right because maybe they don't present um, on paper or however, um, as, as being a logical fit, right. But, but they are. And that's right? a great, that's a great point. And it takes me to another question that I had. Um, you know, we've, we've all heard the term, uh, help me help you. Right. Yeah. So in, in this situation, if I'm a product manager looking to get a job and maybe I'm not presenting all that well, maybe I'm not, you know, writing down my, my skills on CV properly. What can I do to help you help me. Mm. What can you do to help me help you? Yeah. At the end of the day, to help me better present myself, to help me be seen as a better fit for roles that maybe I've done a poor job at presenting myself for in the past. Right. So, so first of all, I, I sort of 
categorize all of this stuff mm -hmm. about helping, 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 helping is being in a position of readiness. You want to be, when you have made the decision as a, as a candidate, as an individual, that you are going to open yourself up to opportunities. Okay. You're going to talk with can you're going to talk with recruiters. You're going to engage with the network as you're referred to people path. You're going to um, get a resume. You know, you're going to try to contact employers, whatever it is that you're, whatever steps you're taking, you want to do so in a position of readiness, mm. meaning let's start with engaging with recruiters, me or anybody, or actually even with anybody, anybody you are engaging with. As you are reaching out, first of all, you want to make sure that you're, you're making it easy for someone to say, yeah, let's talk. Let's do it. Because when you're reaching out to introduce yourself to me or anybody, you're saying, I, I want to engage. So in that reach out, however the format is, email, in-mail, WhatsApp, whatever it is, you want your contact information in it. And I know it sounds really simple, but you would not believe how many times I have to go back and forth with someone just to get a phone number. We could have, I, I had a gap in my day. I was eating lunch, willing to talk to someone. I get your message. There's no phone number. Now we're going back. How about Tuesday? How about Wednesday? Three o'clock, two o'clock, 10 o'clock. Okay, but how about your phone number? <laughs> Let's start with that, right? It, it, it's crazy, but this is life. Mm. Next, next. Mm -hmm. I would be even so bold, especially if you're reaching out to a recruiter, me or anybody, attach your resume in the first reach out. Just go for it. Just attach go it. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. And here's why. Here's why. And, and this is based on experience. So LinkedIn never tells a full story. Okay. Hopefully the individual sharing a resume has got a pretty good resume. And I'll talk about that in a minute because that's part of readiness, mm. but it gets into more detail about your product story, which we've already talked about is really super important. Probably the most important thing. I might not fully understand the company you've worked for or the product that you managed or whatever you say on LinkedIn or whatever you email me or email me with your little blurb about this is why I'd love to talk with you. Mm -hmm. But wow, if I click on that resume and I think, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, this person would be perfect for XYZ company. Oh my goodness, this person needs to get introduced to my colleague Dilshire because you know, he's doing a whole data scientist, AI machine learning, PhD thing. I need to introduce these two people, stat, 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 let's go, let's go, okay? That, that moves the process, hmm. right? The more we have to do this dance, hmm. okay? Great, what day, what time, how about a number? Let's book it, let's do it next week. Great, let's do a little chat now, great. May I have a resume? Listen, you're reaching out to a recruiter, guess what they want, a resume. And guess what you need to want to have in front of them? Your epic product story in a resume because you might only have a 10 minute phone call with them. How can you possibly describe everything on that resume? Right. You can't, right? 
So help them connect you to opportunities in their mind Mm -hmm. or future opportunities. That's what, so we want to shorten the path to executing on something. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Now, the only time I become more about the dance, okay, where I will move to the rhythm of the candidate is if their title is chief product officer <laughs> or, <laughs> or founder or founder now booted out by the board. And guess what? They were from that company that everybody wants people from. Yes, I will dance. You play the cha-cha, I'll dance it. You play the tango, I'll dance it. But, you know, it's a little bit more delicate, delicate. Mm, I see. Okay? And I can understand why. But but otherwise, let's just Let's just get to the business of what we both know we want. You a job, me a great candidate for my client. Hmm. Okay? We, we, we can let the rest go. Next. So that's part of being in a position of readiness. Next, curate your message. Jot down your product story if you're not used to saying it. Now, here's an interesting thing, especially so with Canadians, and I hate to use that broad brush. We are (laughs) humble people. It's true. It is amazing how for most people, it's really hard to brag. It's hard to toot your own horn. It's hard to say, unless you're a VP of sales, because of me, our company went from 3 million to 30 million in two years. It's hard to say that. Yeah. And while everybody knows it wasn't just you, it was a team effort. It was the organization. You were a big part of it because guess what? Without a product that people want to buy or download for free and then upgrade later, there's no business. And you would have never gotten that 30 million, 50 million, 120 million in venture funding, right? So so you can brag. It's okay because guess what? Maybe your competition's bragging. Right, right. And if you don't put words around your accomplishments, who's going to do it for you? Do you have an agent standing next to you saying, actually, I'll tell you about all the things that this guy did or this person did, right? So you need to put some words around your accomplishments and your product story. And maybe you need to bullet point it. Maybe you need to practice saying it, but do it. Hmm. And could you communicate it in less than a few minutes? Remember that old school saying an elevator pitch? You need one. Right. But it, it also shouldn't sound like a pitch. It just, just has to sound real, right? It just has to be exactly who yeah. you are. Yeah. I joined a company when they were 30 people. Revenues were 3 million and the product was a version one. In fact, the only people using it were the people who we gave warrants to or free stuff because we wanted them to be an anchor account. Four years later, We've secured a Series B of 50 million. We're now 230 employees. We're now about to do 22 million. And the product is a full enterprise grade platform. And, now, and we're now developing an API strategy. I joined from being the first product person, and I, now, and I now lead a team of seven. That's a product story. Okay. I don't need to interview you anymore. Thank you. 
Let's talk about four opportunities I have because I've got four clients who need someone to do exactly what you just have done. Mm, right. That's how simple it can be. Just say the facts. Right. Cool. I think that's that's really great advice, honestly. Uh, probably something even I myself need to hear every once in a while. Um, and, and I hope that uh, the audience uh, is taking that to heart because I think it's it's probably true. Don't, you know, uh, don't do the dance. Get to the point. Get to the point. I remember my first product manager interview. It was for a small digital agency located in Toronto. This place was super cool. They had a great company culture and a really awesome office space. I could totally see myself working there. Now to get the interview, I 3D printed a small cutout of their company logo. And I also designed a small stand that the logo could fit onto so that when the recipient got it in my application package, they could also just snap off the pieces, assemble the logo and sit it on their desk. Now, I also included my name, my phone number, and my email address, all 3D printed as a part of the cutout itself. I think that was one of the main things that got me through the door for my first interview. When I showed up, I was nervous and I didn't even know what types of questions they'd be asking me. I prepared as best as I could by watching dozens and dozens of videos on YouTube about product management, about agile software development and attempted to craft a story connecting my experience with my startup and the devs and designers that I'd worked with uh, on my own product. And frankly, I thought that I was pretty well prepared. That one interview, amongst many others, turned out to be a humbling experience that I would learn a lot from and better hone my story as a consequence. The director of product asked me a bunch of questions to which I didn't really have any good answers to. One of them was, how would you define the difference between being a product manager for an agency like ours versus working in-house for a company that builds their own products internally? I had no idea, and it turns out the differences are pretty stark. And if you're curious to know more, check out episodes one and four of my podcast to uh, dive deeper into those differences. They also brought in some other developers and designers and a project manager who all grilled me in my experience in working with folks in their respective positions, which I did not have that much experience in, not explicitly, and certainly not working in an agency-type setting. I could see that they weren't very interested, and I walked away feeling like I had failed, but also like I had learned a valuable lesson. I did research on the questions they asked me, which was limited to blog posts and YouTube videos, of course, but I further honed my story. I prepared examples of working with designers on my own product, which also expanded into tales of working with developers on my own product's companion iOS app, which I had worked with the developers on to build, test, and launch. What I had begun to realize was that it wasn't enough to tell interviewers that I had experience. I had to show them. I had to craft that story that would capture their attention and leave no doubt in their minds that I could ask the right types of questions, understand strategy, understand market positioning, and also could work with a diverse group of people to turn my vision into reality, which were all things that I had done previously with my own, albeit failed, startup. 
The main point that I'd like the audience listening to this to take away is don't expect the interviewers to be impressed with a list of things that you've done. Rather, share with them how you've managed to transform a vision of something you've dreamt up into something real and how you managed to convince people around you to follow your vision and to help you make it a reality. Eventually, I would end up interviewing at a small agency that specialized in e-commerce. I nailed those interviews because by then, I had developed a convincing story that was undeniable. Sure, I'd never worked in building e-commerce solutions for clients before, but I had shown the team that I could learn, that I had similar experiences working with teams on solving complex issues elsewhere in my life and career, and that I was competent and confidently humble. I always will be grateful to those folks for hiring me based on potential and not on experience, which is something I remember every time I interview prospective product managers looking to join my own team nowadays. I'd like to ask you a few questions about just kind of like the job market in general right now uh, mm -hmm. from your perspective and what it looks like. Um, I know a lot of my colleagues lost their job during COVID. A lot of people on LinkedIn that I that were, you know, uh, in my network, I could see them like people dropping like flies for a while. Have we recovered from that? Have you seen any trends uh, in product jobs like going up in terms of availability? And also an another question to throw in there. Do you find that there are more jobs for entry level product managers or are companies looking for more experienced folks these days? So the market has been so interesting because typically when the market changes, it happens so fast that it is literally like in the blink of an eye. Mm. You know, I, I remember last year doing a post on LinkedIn and I think it was in the blink of an eye, like we're, we're now a candidate's market. Like if you, or sorry, an employer's market, like laws, the laws of supply and demand switch and it was now an employer's market, but we've, we've, gone back now. So, so the market, I would describe it as, as noisy and, and a little crazy. Oh yeah. Um, there's definitely opportunities. There are not as many candidates between jobs anymore. Hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, and and I gauge that just by the number of the volume of people reaching out to me who are between projects, right? It's it's definitely noticeably fewer. Hmm. However, there are candidates who are employed who are underemployed, or who are employed for organizations where maybe maybe they needed to take the opportunity. For, for just practical reasons, but it wasn't perhaps the ideal scenario. So there's definitely a lot of candidates who are open, willing to have conversations, willing to evaluate opportunities if it gets them closer to where they were a year ago, or I guess a little more than a year ago now, um, or, or closer towards you know, sort of where they want to be in the, in the, in the industry. And, mm -hmm. and generally speaking, uh, are, are companies looking to hire, like I, I look at LinkedIn every day for jobs yeah. just because I like to look for trends. 
Uh, and I'm very curious to see what happens and how like the titles are changing for product managers and what people are looking for. Mm -hmm. um, and I, one thing that I'm, I've not seen any particular trend either way, but I'd be curious to know your perspective is like, are companies like open to um, just like maybe product managers who have between one and four years of experience more than you know five years and up or more than the need for like directors of product generally speaking do you do you have any insights into that so the only insight that i can share about that is really uh limited to the clients who engage us and the conversations we're having with organizations who are who are struggling to build their product teams so so one of the consistent things that we hear from employers is is the need for real skill and experience. Mm. Uh, that's, that's really right now what employers are looking for, and and um, and that's pretty consistent. Both really on both sides of the border. Like even when I'm talking with with folks in the U.S. and seeing who who got hired, it was because of a really deep experience solving problems, solving for significant problems. Mm, I see. Um, so, so that seems to be a very common trend right now. We don't, we don't often get engaged in our firm to recruit people with a couple of years of experience. Mm. There are, there, there have been times for sure when, when a startup perhaps hasn't had an internal like recruiting or HR function at all. And they've just needed a partner to, to recruit much more broadly than, than what we normally would. And, and in those cases, yeah, I mean, sometimes they're hiring two, three years, they're happy, hmm. but lately, and I think COVID has been a big part of it. You know, companies are trying to solve for specific problems. They're trying to ensure that they thrive. There's a lot of venture money being given out right now. Uh, there's been a lot of headlines this week alone. Um, you know, companies are getting crazy amounts, double digit amount of venture capital, and, and they're using that to fuel a lot of strategic hiring. Hmm. So that's exciting. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time to be in product. It really is. I've been saying that now for two years, but nothing's changed. It's an exciting time to be in product management. Mm -hmm. So I don't blame all those product marketers or customer success people or engineers who want to get into product because why not? Product is, is the role that's going to really build the business. Yeah. You know, it, it used to be and I'm going to date myself here, but it used to be that the superhero of every software company was the VP of sales. Hmm. You know, without a, it was all about the VP of sales. Who's the VP of sales? Because if we just get, you know, a certain VP of sales from our competition, we're going to make it. But with the introduction of product management, with, with that function growing, How can I say this? Growing because of a pivot to a product-led growth business model that's really um, kind of taken over how companies generate revenue. Mm -hmm. The product leader is the new hero, the superhero in a tech company, right? Because there are tech companies out there, you and I know them, who don't need salespeople because it's all 
insert your credit card and within minutes you've got the software and you're using it. Right. 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 So, so sales is less critical and I should, you know, no offense to all the sales leaders who are listening to this, if there are any, but you know, without it, without a great product leader, wow, you're not going to have a delightful experience. You're not going to have a product that necessarily works and adds value. Companies might churn out. Like it's a whole other level of business operations. Hmm. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's, it's, uh, it's such a, you are a, a coordinator and a visionary that works between teams and your customer base, ensuring that every iteration of your product brings value to the business and to the customer. And that yeah. is an incredibly huge role to fill um, yes. and challenging. And and kudos to you for specializing in it and uh, trying to find people and, and finding spaces for them uh, in the world. Um, we are we are running up against our time here. I would just want to leave the floor open to you. Do you have any advice or anything you want to leave with um, uh, product managers out there uh, to help them on their journey? I heard a great quote very recently by a not from a not a product leader, but from a design leader, and and I think it really applies to product as well. So this this person is a is a very senior level. Um, VP level uh, design leader. And they said, they told me that the advice they give to designers is if you want to grow your career in design, learn to stop talking about design. Interesting. And learn to start talking business. Hmm. And the same applies to product. Product managers at some point it, be, it has to become less about the tactics of releasing mm -hmm. and it needs to become more about how everything you're doing is impacting business mm. and growing business, right? So my so I'm going to sort of grab that quote and say, listen, product managers, if you want to grow your career in product, learn to stop talking less about the mechanics of product management and learn to talk business because that will open up doors and people will want to engage when you can align what you do to business results. Perfect. That's awesome. Uh, great advice. Heidi, it's been a real pleasure having you. I really appreciate you taking the time. And uh, I, I, uh, really can't wait to keep watching your videos on LinkedIn uh, as they come in. It was great to be with you. Thank you so much for your time. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you, my friends, for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about Heidi Ram and or Martin Bassett Associates, check out the links included in the description below. There you'll also find links to my website and to the podcast itself, where I have a number of episodes that contain valuable insight into the world of product management. You've been listening to What Can I Tell You? a conversational guide to product management. I'm Nicholas Kanhai, and as always, stay focused on your goals and be good to others. Until next time.